I don't know about you, but it seems everywhere I turn, people are angry. We're angry at the way others drive, angry at the way others talk, angry about, (laughs) well, everything. Join us today as Pastor Rander gives us some sound biblical teaching about how we as Christians should act and react to the outside pressures the world places on us in this message, How to Remain Calm in a World Gone Mad. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Have your Bibles turn with us on this family day to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. The book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 26 and 27 is our text for this morning. And there you'll find these words. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Again, I'll read it. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. And I want to preach this morning from the subject, how to remain calm in a world gone mad. How to remain calm in a world gone mad. There's an old adage that says, and I quote, anger is the wind that blows out the light of the mind, unquote. We live in a society that has gone absolutely crazy. Society has gone mad. And anger is wreaking havoc in families all over the world, even in Christian families. Husbands are angry at wives. Wives are angry at husbands. Children are angry at parents, and parents are angry at children. In-laws have become outlaws all because of anger. And as we look around, we see the spirit of anger in every facet of society. For example, we have to be extremely cautious as we drive because of road rage. Then you have disgruntled employees who have been fired, laid off, betrayed, or mistreated. Uh, They become so enraged that they will walk back into their former place of employment and shoot up innocent, unsuspecting people. Then we see anger and violence so pervasive in movies and television and even in the lyrics of songs. In sports, flagrant fouls are committed in basketball out of anger. We've seen people just knock folk down because they're mad that they did well in sports. And you have hockey sticks that have become weapons, knocking folk across the head. And even parents at Little League football games and soccer games become so angry, they attack coaches, referees, and even other parents. In cheerleading and gymnastics, competition is so fierce that anger arouses plots to harm other competitors that are carried out by fellow athletes as well as parents. And even our children have become targets when Angry students in a fit of rage will come to school with a loaded weapon, killing everyone in their sight. We also see anger in the midst of politics and town hall meetings as they fight over issues. You want to get folk riled up and mad? Just just 
have a Republican talk, Republican talk, and a Democrat talk, Democratic talk, and a Tea Party talk, Tea Party talk, and a conservative talk, conservative talk, and a liberal talk, liberal talk. And when you get them all in there with all their position, you got the makings of an explosion. Boom. In the home, spousal and child abuse are at epidemic proportion around the globe as they are both byproducts of uncontrolled anger. Parents even have set their houses and children on fire out of rage and fury. Sad. And even in our churches today, members quit ministries, stop giving financially, go on strike, stay home because of unresolved anger, and will even fight in the midst of churches. As we can clearly see today, that anger will actually drive you out of your mind if you don't deal with it. If left unchecked, one can even become angry at God. Beloved, I've said enough for you to know by now that anger is a critical subject we need to address. And if left undealt with, it will only breathe more pain, more disillusionment, more abuse, more strife, more tension, more hate, and even murder when anger goes undealt with. Well, now, let me allow me to define anger so we can just just uh, bring this on home. Because some of you have come to church today and the truth be told, you're angry. You're angry. Some of you have bought anger out of last year into this year and you can't serve at the maximum of your potential because the truth be told, you're mad. You're still holding on to some stuff. And it's killing you. Angry teenagers, angry mamas, angry daddies. And this message is designed to help heal the anger so that you can live your life to the glory of God and so that you can really promote and advance the kingdom of God on earth like never before. You can't be a blessing to humanity with an angry spirit. So what is anger? Anger is a God-given emotion expressed through a strong feeling of displeasure. Anger is a God-given emotion expressed through a strong feeling of displeasure. Anger is an emotion or passion directed toward God. It can be directed toward self or others in response to a real or perceived wrong, which is often expressed through physical aggression and hostility. We must realize that all anger is not wrong, neither is all anger sin. Even God himself becomes angry at rebellion. God becomes angry at sin and evil. Who gave us the capacity to even get angry in the first place? God. Uh-huh. There's a wrong kind of anger and there's a healthy kind of anger. Who gives you the capacity to rejoice and to laugh and to be happy and be so excited you jump all over the place? God, joy is an emotion and anger is also emotion and God has given us both. God has given us the capacity to laugh and God has also given us the capacity to cry. 
So, so all anger is not wrong and neither is all anger sin. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 7 through 8, and then verses 19 through 20, it says, Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that you departed from the land of Egypt until you came to this place. You have been rebellious against the Lord. Also, in Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath. So that the Lord was angry enough with you to have destroyed you. Verse 19. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure with which the Lord was angry with you to destroy you. But the Lord listened to me at that time also. And the Lord was very angry with Aaron and would have destroyed him. So I prayed for Aaron also at the same time. Here God gets angry. He gets angry at sin. And uh, we have the account of God coming off of the mount. And uh, the tablets, uh, the tablets were broken because of hot displeasure against Israel. Let me say this too. Anger that is God-centered is righteous anger. Anger that is God-centered is righteous anger, since the anger is over the things that offend God. You see the distinction there? Anger that is what? God-centered is what kind of anger? Righteous anger, since the anger is over things that offend God. When you love God, you will hate evil and have a righteous indignation against it. Psalms 97.10 says, you who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Paul says to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 4, 26, 27, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, get over your anger today because if you don't, you're going to give a foothold for Satan to come in and to exploit your life and to wreak havoc all over it, you see. When the Holy Spirit is in control of your anger, you will not harbor malice. You will not allow anger to linger and brood and fester. You will not ridicule or seek revenge. The spirit of anger is a discipline and control anger. It should be. And is always limited to those who do wrong against God and others. All of us ought to have a righteous indignation when God is offended and when God's name is blasphemed. And when people rebel against Almighty God, you see, my friends, unresolved, prolonged, selfish, internal anger becomes a tremendous opportunity and foothold for Satan to exploit and to use to his own ends. Let's take a look now at righteous anger revealed in Scripture. Let's take a look now at righteous anger revealed in scripture. In Exodus chapter 32, verse 19, Moses was angry when he saw the unfaithfulness and idolatry of Israel, just like I forementioned. So it was as soon as he came near the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot. I mean, he was, he was mad. And he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. God gave Moses the commandments that were written by the finger of God. He comes off the mount and see the uh, the calf, the golden calf that Aaron had had made, and all the participants therein and thereof. 
And he see all the dancing, the sexual immorality, the lewdness, the licentiousness. And he sees all of that sin while he was up on the mount with God. And he was so enraged, he took the tablets that were written by the very fingers of God. He picked, he, he took the tablets and he boom, threw them and broke the law of God. Seemed like God would have got all in Moses' chest, but he did not. Because when he broke those tablets, that was symbolic of Israel breaking the laws and commandment of God and the anger of God and the anger of Moses were united together and God was in the anger of Moses. Why? Because Moses was offended because God was offended. And they both had their anger, righteous indignation come forth because of sin. It's just like today, like I said in the first service, if Maranatha, if you were sinning all over the place and I, and I come back, let's say I'm on vacation. I come back and I see folks sleeping around and all of a sudden some of you done wife swapping and some of you having orgies and others of you drunkard and other you playing around and others doing all that stuff and I've been gone for four weeks and I come back and I say, what on this side of heaven is going on? And I take the book of God out of my frustration and I take it. I said, I'm tired of you Maranatha is living like hell. Take this. Boom! You say, Pastor Drinkman has gone crazy. That a Bible on the floor. He threw the Bible. Now you mad at me because I threw the Bible on the floor, but you trampling all over the word of God with your lifestyle. You see? You see that I'm giving you a vivid picture of a righteous indignation because of sin and rebellion and evil. In Mark chapter 3 verse 5, another account of righteous anger. It says, when Jesus healed the man with a withered hand, he looked around at them with anger. See, Jesus got angry at sin and, and pride because he was grieved by the hardness of the Pharisees' heart. You see, so he was angry at their attitude, at their heart. In Mark chapter 11, verses 15 and 11, Jesus here is anger to the point that he drove the profiteers from the temple. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to Mark chapter 11, verses 15 and 17. And you see Jesus getting mad enough to whip folk out of the temple area. Look what it says. So they came to Jerusalem. And when Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold right in the temple. Look what Jesus did. Jesus overturned the tables. You think he was being cool? Jesus was hot. Huh? He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. Then he taught them saying, is it not written? My house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. God got so angry. He whooped that hellish selling right on out of the temple. God's son, the Lord Jesus Christ had a righteous anger and we ought to be uh, angry at sin and rebellion and the things that offend God. You see, scriptures support righteous indignation. However, when we hear of hideous cruelty, when others are seriously beaten, molested, raped, and murdered, we should be angry. 
It was Henry Ward Beecher who said, and I quote, a man that does not know how to be shaken to his heart's core with indignation over the things evil is either a fungus or a wicked man, unquote. Why do people become angry? Why do people become angry? Number one, because of violated convictions. In other words, there's an infringement against one's core belief. When people don't don't think like you think, and they're speaking in a way that you don't like, you know, and if they're advancing a certain cause that you are against, your belief system, then there is anger. There is anger, you know, and, I, and frankly, when people or try to get me to be politically correct, I get angry because God doesn't call me to be politically correct. That's right. He called me to speak the truth and not worry about what folks say. Huh? Huh? And people get offended because I preach against homosexuality and adultery and drunkenness and homemongering and, and, uh, and all these things, rebellion and all this, then th- that is not my problem because you, you are so comfortable with sin. The preaching that I preach from this pulpit ought to make you so uncomfortable that you make, you're willing to make some serious adjustment so that your life will be brought into conformity with the word of God. Violated convictions, you know, and uh, an infringement against one's core beliefs. Number two, why do people become angry? Because of unmet needs. They have needs that are unmet. Unfulfilled desires. And you're blaming everybody else because of your unfulfilled goals and things. And uh, really, the problem could be your laziness or your lack of discipline or so being so easily distracted uh, or your pleasure to the point that you don't see the desires of your heart fulfilled. And the real issue is your perhaps laziness or your inability to follow through, you see, and, and block goals. In other words, you want a car, but God won't let you get that particular car. And you, right when you thought you had it, the deal falls through. Or you try to buy a house and then the house doesn't go through. You try to refinance and it doesn't work out. And sometimes God says no to keep you out of issues that can drown you. You know, we ought to say thank you, Jesus, not only for his blessings, but we ought to say thank you for his denials. Because what God keeps us from is a great blessing as well, because God sees the beginning and he sees the end. He let that deal not go through on that house because he said you need to stay right where you are. And get some paint and paint and fix the roof and fix the plumbing and pay a lesser note. And some, he won't let you get that car. Then he said, well, put a motor in that car and drive it another 10 years. I'm trying to keep you out of debt. I'm trying to keep you from making a mess. I'm trying to keep you from having family fights over little money. When you got more month than money. I'm trying to save you some trouble. So no, you can't have that house. I'm trying to keep peace. Trying to keep peace in that house. And it was, it's, it's a sad day when you live in perpetual brokenness because of your lack of ability to be disciplined and to put your finances under God's divine management. You spend it all on, all on stuff, no discipline and, and bills late and you're paying them past late uh, and ignoring phone calls, t- telling your children to lie saying you're not here simply because you can't manage God's money his way. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Why do people become angry? Number three, personal assault. Personal assault or assault on a loved one. Will somebody come up and knock you in the face? Don't you, don't, oh, thank you, I need that. No, don't, that's, that's not, no, come on now, come on, come on. 
Now, I know that's not, you're not going to do all that. You're not going to smile and say, do it again. You, you, you're either going to respond or duck or do something or put a block up or do that. Do something like that or do that. You know, you're going to do something. Don't y'all say amen. But you're not going to let not one tooth out at a time and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, so, so personal assault. Personal assault. Mess with your child now. Mess with that baby. That little pretty baby now with that pacifier. I tell you what, you, if you get that baby, shake that baby the wrong way, man, that mama would be like a mama band. Before you look up, she'd have clawed your eyes out. You, know, don't, you, you mess with a baby, you mess with a mama's child, listen, you in for that mama hen, that mama bear will come after you and she made one growl, you're going to get out of her way. Don't you mess with her chilling? I like that old time. Now, not children, but chilling. That's what the old folk used to say. Bring those chilling here. <laughs> You know, and then then you get angry, uh, uh, you know, so you, you get angry with personal assault or assault, assault on a loved one. Listen, you want to make me mad, mess with my mama. That's right. Don't you mess with my mama. Oh, no, no. You going to get me riled up, mess with my wife. Don't you be flirting with my wife. You want a wife? Ask the Lord for one. Lord, that gave me one to give you one. Won't y'all say amen? I got mine. The same God gave my ask live where he can bless you. I got my wife. You leave mine alone. I leave yours alone. We all be happy. <laughs> Why do people become angry? I'm trying to get this anger out of you with the help of the Lord. Number four, reacting too quickly. Reacting too quickly before you think, which results in making bad decisions that affect your family and alter the course of your life. Now, I'm not going to get through with this message, so you're going to have to come back next week and get part two. I can't fit. It's, it's more message than I than you have time. So I have to find a good stopping point at the appointed time. But I want to say this: reacting too quickly, which results in making bad decisions that affect your family immediately and also alter the course of your life. God had a bigger plan, a better plan, but you can't see the best done in your life. You have to settle for less than the best because you you settle for the lesser the lesser, and you miss out on God's best for you because of your reacting too quickly. Uh, number five, an unforgiving spirit. Some of you are angry because of bitterness and unforgiving spirit. Being so angry to the point of refusing to let go. you so mad that you want to stay mad at your wife. She may have hurt you, but you have a right to keep that anger. Your husband did something atrocious and, and you got yourself in prison and you got him in prison too. You know, you won't let go of something mama did or something your sister did or something your in-law did or something your cousin did or something your co-worker did. And you've been holding on that stuff since 1932 to your own detriment. That's why you got headaches and high blood pressure. That's why you got ulcers and all this stuff happening to you. You got to let go so you can be healed. Psychology is not going to heal you. Being psycho, psychotherapist is not going to heal you. Oprah Winfrey, I'm not going to hear you. Dr. Phil, not going to hear you. But I know a Jesus who will heal your anger. Will heal your anger. So why do people become angry? Because of uh, rebellion against God. Rebellion against God. People resent authority. And they don't want authoritative figure, authoritative person in their lives telling them what to do. And saying, hear ye the word of the Lord. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't kill. Honor your father and your mother. People don't want that. Now, they don't, they don't want the Bible that says, 
don't steal. But when somebody steal from them, they upset. Well, if you don't want folks to learn the Bible, don't get mad when they steal from you. Say, hey, take, take the other thing too. I don't believe the Bible. We don't need no restraints. So let them steal your underwear off, you know? Rebellion against God. People resent authority, want their freedom, and don't want God telling them what to do. They want to be independent of God. I don't believe in this God. Don't talk to me about God. I have a right. I want to live my life the way I want to live it. Well, why should God let you into his heaven on your terms? Huh? Huh? God says, you don't want me. You don't want to abide by my word. You want to live a life separate from me. I tell you what, I love you enough to give you what you ask for so you can have all eternity without me. All eternity without me. Wow. Now, now let's look at the different levels of anger. Y'all hanging with me? The different levels of anger. There are different levels of anger. Number one, irritation. Irritate. A feeling of discomfort brought on by something or someone. You know, your child, your children do something that irritates you. Your husband probably did something irritating you to the point that you can't even focus on the message. Y'all stop fighting on Sundays. Stop fighting on Saturday nights. You got a spat. Now, something to, uh, issue to deal with, do, sell it on Monday. Deal with it on Monday so you got all the way to Saturday before Sunday come. That's why some of y'all can't say amen. Y'all fought last night. Some of y'all fought all the way to church and then get out the car and say hallelujah, praise the Lord. You ain't no, ain't no hallelujah in you. No hallelujah in you. Stop lying. You mad. You mad. Irritation. Just irritate little stuff. Squeezing the tooth, can't squeeze the toothpaste right, you know? <laughs> Towels and all this kind of stuff. Just stuff laying all around, you know? You're burning up stuff and all this kind of stuff. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.